time in 19 years. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fantasy Players Club. I'm your host, Levi the Heartbreak Kid Valentine at Levi underscore Valentine on Twitter. Joining me is my co-host, Trevin the Babymaker Cremosta, whose tweets are too hot for your eyes. Trevin, another week, another OT game. How you feeling? Two overtime games with my Huskers and my Raiders. Unbelievable. I'm done with them. They're too much to handle. I can't handle the stress, especially doing the Raiders. It's been their second overtime. Uh, Huskers went in overtime Saturday and the Raiders going overtime Sunday. Both of them were similar situations where they're just, they're doing everything to win the game, except they keep making mistakes to lose it, just dominating. And then you go to overtime where it could just be settled at any point, And it's just way too stressful. Luckily the Raiders came out on top and the Huskers lost, but I, I think I'd just rather take a tie. I think I'm a tie guy now. Just at the end of the game, if the score is tied, call it good. Trevin can't handle it anymore. Just everybody gets to go home. You got a tie. What do you think? You've had your Titans going overtime too, and also now your Huskers last weekend. So you've been riding the overtime train too. Yeah, I'm not – I completely disagree with you. And you told me one of the most (laughs) shameful things this week I think I've ever heard about a fan of a sports team. (laughs) Tell the people what you did during the Raiders game. I had to admit it. I couldn't watch. They went into overtime, and then the uh, Raiders got a field goal their first drive. They've just been doing so many dumb things, giving up uh, possessions when uh, at the end of the game with the Dolphins just kept getting long fourth down conversions, or they had a roughing the passer on a long third down incompletion that kept a drive going for the Dolphins. Just any time the Dolphins needed a break to keep a drive going, the Raiders were doing it at the end of the game. Ball went back to the Dolphins. I said, I can't handle this stress, and I stepped outside. I didn't check my phone or nothing. I didn't want to know any updates going on. So I just stood outside on the porch or on the deck. Just stood there. Every five minutes or so, I'd check inside. And then the Dolphins had another long fourth and 10, fourth and 20 completion in overtime. So uh, I just kept staying outside. I didn't want to watch it. I couldn't take it. <laughs> Don't shame Bill me. That's too much stress for a weekend. I'm getting old. <laughs> oh heart my barely God. take it. How can you call yourself a fan when you it don't even watch me. the craziest part of the game? The the game's on the line. You're not even watching. My wife would have to take me to the hospital. That's all <laughs> oh, there is geez. to it. If I would have sat You're... in that chair and kept watching them blow it on defense, I just would have passed out. <laughs> some would say you're a little too emotionally invested in these games what would you tell those people they're absolutely correct but what am i supposed to do about it i hear that all the time from my wife also she agrees she says there's why are you so worked up there's nothing you can do and i say that is that's why i'm worked up (laughs) i mean i love my team but i don't get anywhere near that level so after a game does it affect your mood for days if they oh, lose. Oh, yeah, we'll... for sure. Yeah. <laughs> There's, yeah, I can't lie about it. The rest of the day, I'm very sour. I try not to be. I know my wife doesn't need me moping around the house just because my stupid football team won or lost, but it does. I try to hide it, but it definitely affects me for a couple of days. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm lucky, lucky, I guess I'm not that bad. I get like maybe 30 minutes or an hour. I might go have a drink and be pissed or whatever for a while but after that i'm pretty much done with it especially with nebraska it's been so long since they've had 
a way to <laughs> disappoint me that actually hurt because I just expect it now. So it doesn't get to me as much, <laughs> no matter My. how they find a way to do it. But with the Titans, like if they just played terrible and get beat, that's that, that, that bothers me, I think, more than if they actually play well and the other team just wins, you know? So, no, and yeah. I think that's part of it too that the Raiders and the Huskers were similar this weekend where they just dominated the game. It's just they had Raiders had a pick six and a fourth down conversions on their own side of the field to keep the Dolphins in the game and then kept blowing the drives to keep them in the game. The Huskers completely dominated the whole second half but gave up the weirdest punt return touchdown I've ever seen. So it's just the fact of this shouldn't even be a game, and now we're going to overtime, and I, we're just going to blow it there is what made me more emotional, I guess. <laughs> Best you, say that, in the country. you say the Huskers don't find new ways to do it, but that was a new way, or new ways no, to they, surprise you. They find new ways to do it. I just expect them to find a way to blow it so it doesn't hurt as much. I got to admit, I'm usually with you, but that was surprising. I <laughs> To just let a guy go base gun touched out of punt return for a touchdown when they hadn't got a first down all second half was yeah. a a new way to disappoint Trevin. Yeah, when you get a punter that has a single digit yard punt in the game and then also is supposed to have a directional punt on that one to the right side of the field, and he kicks it to the left side when there's two returners back and he, the left side guy catches it and just goes untouched for a touchdown. You probably need to find a new punter or something. How could you trust him to do it when he can not even kick it forward <laughs> most of the time be like yeah he'll definitely be able to just kick this right for sure we should just all run that way no way this could go wrong yeah unbelievable uh, but let's focus then, on the positive I got, I got one more stat for you i think i texted this to you too six overtimes in a row the huskers have failed to score a point you start in field goal range that's insane I know when sometimes if you get the ball second, if the other team scores a touchdown, it's not like you're going to kick a field goal, but you start in field goal range. Oh, boy. We're getting too worked up about the Huskers at the start of this NFL yeah. fantasy, football, fantasy football podcast. In better news, your Raiders are a surprise 3-0 team. And I went on another podcast this week, the JWB Dynasty Digest podcast, and talked a little bit about your boy Derek Carr. So if anybody wants to hear more praise about Derek Carr, because this show just hasn't been providing enough, uh, <laughs> go check that out. We also talked about a couple other players, uh, one of which was Trevor Lawrence. And, oh gosh, who was the other one? Um, struggling to remember. Trevin. Me too. I listened to it. You did a great job. It was a was it a running back. I don't know why I can't think of it. Either, it was Alvin yeah. Kamara. Yeah, yeah Alvin that's Kamara. it. Yeah, you highlighted those three guys on that show. It was a good episode. Yeah, so go check that out. It's a quick, like, 23-minute episode. Mm -hmm. You can find it on their podcast feed. Subscribe while you're there. So that was my first true guest. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Hopefully, I did well enough to get invited back sometime. We'll see. I could have used more Derek Carr praise, but I'm glad you did say some nice things about him. Yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, I mean, I just tried to quote you verbatim, but (laughs) (laughs) you said so many things, it was hard to remember. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Speaking of overtime, though, uh, I have a little stat of the week here. Overtime theme. Six NFL playoff games have gone into double overtime, the longest being an AFC divisional playoff game on Christmas Day, 1971. <laughs> the Miami Dolphins defeated the Kansas City Chiefs 27-24, to uh, about seven minutes and 40 seconds into double overtime, which at 82 minutes and 40 seconds of total gameplay, uh, that was the longest game in NFL history. 
Uh, they kicked a walk-off field goal to win it. Um, it's funny, the length of that game, uh, coupled with the fact that it was played on Christmas Day, led to a great deal of controversy, and the league placed an 18-year moratorium on Christmas games. Did you know that, Drevin? I did not. Um, <laughs> you'd think you'd get a lot of eyeballs, but maybe TV <laughs> wasn't quite as big at then that time, so maybe they weren't as worried about that. They probably yeah. were more worried about fans in the stadiums getting home for Christmas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you know if back then they did a uh, how the scoring worked in overtime? Because I don't. I don't know if you knew off the top of your head if it was a first point wins or not. I think that's the way it was, but I'm not 100% sure. Well, you can. I know you had something else here, so maybe I can look it up while you're saying that next one. Yep, and the most recent double overtime game. Uh, did you read this already, Trevin? I have not. I just saw you had something there. Do you remember when it was? I don't. Uh, AFC Divisional Playoff game on January 12, 2013. The Ravens defeated the Denver Broncos 38-35 to on a field goal just under two minutes into double overtime. And Justin Tucker hero this week of the 66 yard nfl record field goal unless you're a lions fan uh kicked the game-winning field goal in that double overtime game as well so good week for justin tucker yeah i i don't remember that at all going in double overtime just that recent yeah i didn't either but man what a kick from justin tucker 66 yards bouncing off the crossbar nope up and over and just <laughs> unbelievable Crazy. And then uh, the guy that did have the former record, Prater, tried uh, also breaking the record the same day, and his turned out a little bit different. (laughs) How long was his? I didn't see that. Yeah, it was 64, I believe, and it got returned for, tied the record for longest return ever in NFL (laughs) history, (laughs) 109 yards. There you go. Uh, How many points do you think a 66-yard field goal should be worth in fantasy? Oh, uh, ten! You gotta say ten, don't you? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> That's a long ways. I know some leagues do it where you get basically a, however many yards it is, you divide by ten. So, like sixty-six would be six point six points. Oh, I see yarder, that. Forty yarder would be four. Forty-five would be four and a half. Something like that. You like that? I do like that because every league I've played with kickers, it's always just this many points if you go between the 20 and 30, this many between 30 and 40 type of thing. Yeah. Scott Fishbowl is that way, I believe. I think the minimum might be three, and then after that it just goes up. Do you find this stat you're looking for yet? Whether that was so the in, point? In 1974, the NFL officially added sudden death overtime. So yep. before that, there was not an overtime. So that must have been a playoff game in Christmas? Correct. Divisional playoff game. So I don't know. It must not have been sudden death. So I wonder if you had a box score for that game. Maybe both teams even scored in overtime. It just kept going. Well, I thought that was what you were looking up, but apparently not. I can't find apparently it. Try, try, Googling the box score is too hard. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a better idea. I will admit that. I was looking up <laughs> overtime rules. Oh my gosh. All right. I'm doing your job now while we talk here. I mean, this is important. So, yeah. There was, we there were no points. There were no points in overtime. The field goal was the first points of either overtime. 
Boy, that was an exciting first period of overtime. <laughs> yeah. That's why they canceled Christmas games. If you're going to have them, you got to score. I didn't think about everybody trying to go home to celebrate Christmas that was attending in person. That would have been pretty funny. You plan on going yeah. for just a normal game and you're stuck there for five hours or however long this time. It's probably a little shorter because they probably didn't have as many commercial breaks back in 1971. And goddamn replays and challenges <laughs> yeah <laughs> no kidding <laughs> all right you ready to hop into the main event i guess so i don't think i'm gonna enjoy it but i'll take the ride with you <laughs> <laughs> all right let's do it and that for our main event for tonight's main event, we have two rounds here. First round, we've got Patience or Panic, where we're going to talk about three players and whether you should be panicking, Trevin, or you should exercise some patience. And the second round, we're going into Trevin's crazy corner, where he's got another one of his wacky ideas for how he thinks fantasy football could be better. <laughs> so <laughs> let's start with Patience or Panic. We've got three players here. We've got first, Trevin, Jonathan Taylor, currently running back 28. Are you being patient with him, or are you panicking a little after three weeks? Uh, I'm panicking with Jonathan Taylor. I think the Colts haven't shown anything as far as offense. Uh, Wentz, when he's playing, has been bad. When he's been injured, they've been even worse. The Lions beat up Fisher, Fisher towards Achilles right before the season started, and then Quentin Nelson was hurt prior to the season. Now he's hurt, injured again. They just don't have much going on offense, and it's and then. Uh, He's also dealing with Naheem Hines. So I'm panicking. If you thought Jonathan Taylor, like I did, would be a back end of running back one range, maybe top end running back two, um, it's just – it's not looking great. He does have more points at this point this season than he did at this point last season. Um, but he really struggled on the gate last season, so that's not saying a whole lot. But I'm in panic mode with Jonathan Taylor. What do you think? I'm going to calm you down here and give you a little patience. <laughs> so – we. I was really optimistic after week one uh, when he saw 17 carries, but more importantly, he had seven targets in that first week. Ended up with 116 total yards, six catches for 60 yards uh, as part of that total. However, he's only had two targets over the past two weeks, and that really sucks because I was thinking, oh, (laughs) Carson Wentz is going to keep targeting him just like Phillip Rivers did last year, and that'll really buoy his value for the season. Even if they're not as efficient on offense, if he's getting those targets, he'll still put up quite a few, few points, especially in PPR formats. But the biggest problem for him is he's only on the field half the time, Trevin. He's got just under a 50% snap share. Naheem Hines has a 46% snap share. And Marlon Mack even played 19% of the snaps in week two and got five carries. And I know they're looking at potentially trading Marlon Mack. but So that could help with that some. But Naheem Hines is a big problem here uh, for Jonathan Taylor and especially when it comes to the receiving game. There are some reasons for optimism, though. He ranks 11th in weighted opportunity, which measures opportunities based on their fantasy significance. And, you know, we kind of talked a little bit earlier about how important targets are. Uh, Dave uh, Wright, who we've had on the show, friend of the show, Dave Wright, uh, at FF underscore Spaceman, if you're not following him, go do so. He puts out a weekly NFL database, which has a lot of these stats that I'm quoting here. And in there, he also has a glossary where he defines terms, including weighted opportunity. And in that definition, uh, he has in here targets are worth 2.74 times more than rush attempts. And I think that comes from some articles, some industry articles that have been published over the years, some research on this. So targets are incredibly valuable. 
but even with you know not that many targets over the past couple weeks, Jonathan Taylor, 11th in weight opportunity, so that's awesome. And a big reason for that is he's number two in red zone touches at 14 and number one in goal line carries among running backs with five. So although he doesn't have a touchdown yet, regression should help him there if he continues to get that those opportunities in the red zone and especially on the goal line. Uh, and also critical to that is Naheem Hines has zero goal line carries and only three red zone touches. So Taylor is getting the work in the red zone where we talked about receptions being valuable. Obviously that red zone work is also extremely valuable as well, particularly with the goal line. A couple other quick things here. Taylor is number one in juke rate, which is evaded tackles per touch. And he's also number seven in yards created. So when he's getting opportunity, he's doing fine. To me, the bottom line just comes down to he's only on the field half the time and he's getting his opportunity reduced because of those opportunities that Heinz is taking away. So hopefully that's, you know, sways a little bit in his favor over the rest of the season. One other cause for concern, though, you mentioned Quentin Nelson's injury, Trevin, the all-pro guard. It's a high ankle sprain he suffered against the Titans. He's likely to miss this week based on what I've seen, and he may not be playing at 100% anytime soon. So I know, you know, we love Taylor behind this line, especially behind Quentin Nelson, but that may not be working in his favor as much as it has uh, early this season going forward. So overall, I am optimistic and I would be patient with Taylor and I expect things to get better, but there are some causes for concern here as well. And I, I should have looked this up, but I remember talking before the season started, um, his difference between running left and running right was pretty substantial when he could go to that Quentin Nelson side. And so that's another thing against him with Nelson maybe not being 100% and maybe not playing some games. Uh, the other thing with Taylor, he actually leads the league in touches without a touchdown. He has 50 touches this year, um, no touchdown. So like you're saying, he should get some touchdown regression, but he's getting the opportunities. He's just not able to plug them in. And that that worries me too. At some point they got to try something else. If that's just not working, they're not going to, he had some goal line carries last game where they had it maybe on the one yard line first down and he couldn't get in. And at some point the team, if that's not working, they're going to quit doing it. So I do like some of the stuff you said, but I'm still more worried than you are. It sounds like. Yeah, I think you are. And I think it was that first game. Maybe I was trying to look it up quick, but they had the ball on the goal line. And I think they gave it to Taylor three times in a row and he didn't get in. And then they tried Mm -hmm. something else on fourth down. So that's where a lot of that opportunity has come from, but obviously that's not great either. I think, you know, we've seen him be successful there and he can do it. It was just some bad, bad luck that time, but that's the other thing. Yeah. If he does, with his amount of volume he's got so far this year, you'd probably expect two touchdowns. So it does make him. Uh, it looks a lot better if he has if he's averaging 15 points a game than his current 11 points a game. So if you just average out where that touchdowns would be, it's probably not looking like a panic. But I'm more panic. <laughs> yeah. Do you know who he's? Touchdown, he'd be running back 20. And if he yeah. had two, he would be running back 13. So about where you know. we expect him. Yep, so some variance there. Uh, do you know who he's tied with on most touches without a touchdown this year? I do not. And I don't Mike have Davis. A... Ah. Also at 50 touches without a touchdown. Yeah, he keeps getting vultured by Cordell Patterson on the goal in the red zone and on the goal line. Yeah, it's the converted a... kick returner has all of a sudden taken Mike Davis's <laughs> touchdowns in Atlanta. <laughs> Yeah, that's been a huge surprise this season. Cordell Patterson's had a really good year so far. Yeah. Converted kick returner slash receiver. Who would have thought? I don't even call him a receiver. He barely ever did it. (laughs) 
All right, Trevin. So bottom line, you are panicking. I'm in panic. I'm in, yeah, put me down in panic for Jonathan Taylor. And I, I'm going to go with patience for now, but I think there is some cause for concern. Uh, all right, Trevin. Our next player, Calvin Ridley. You want to go first or you want me to? You can go first. All right. This one I'm not as optimistic on. So here's the situation. The Falcons are running almost the exact same number of pass plays per game as they did in Ridley's 15 games last season. His target share is virtually unchanged at 25.9%. He continues to be Matt Ryan's favorite red zone weapon. He has seven red zone targets, which is number three among wide receivers. He was also heavily used in the red zone last year. So what's the problem, Trevin? The problem is his average target distance has gone from 14.4, which last season was number 11 among wide receivers, to only 8.9, which is number 67 among receivers this season. So he's taken almost six yards off his average target distance. That's bad news, and a big reason is receiving yardages down this season, despite averaging more catches per game and more yards after the catch. And to me, this traces directly back to Arthur Smith, who comes in as head coach with an offensive coordinator background, implements a system, and his system seems to be designed to use Ridley much differently than he was in the past, and that's impacting his fantasy production. So to be the bottom line is for <laughs> excuse me, for him to perform like he did last year, he's either gonna have to start being used differently and targeted further down the field, or turn into a yards after the catch monster. And I don't think either of those is very likely. So it's probably best to temper expectations and expect something closer to the wide receiver 25, which he is right now, than the wide receiver 5 that he was last season. So I'm panicking a little if I was expecting you know, wide receiver 5 numbers from Ridley. What about you? I'm going to kind of group these two together is why I had you go first. I know next we had Kyle Pitts. And it's just yep. both of them are getting, like you said, the volume where we kind of expected it and – or to where we would think they're being better fantasy players. Um, They're both getting pretty good target share. And on a team that is passing quite a bit, they are currently 10th in passing attempts per game at 39.7, but they are last in DVOA of uh, an offense this year. And so they got their 10th in passing attempts, but they are to 29th in points per game and 20th in passing yards per game. So like you were saying with that average depth of target, it's just not working there. It's the offense is not clicking. I don't know what's going on. Arthur Smith may not be the guy to be orchestrating that offense. Um, so it just all comes down to that. They they're doing everything we thought they would do, but they are just not successful there. So I'm panicking with both these guys. Um, when you look at Pitts, we can move on to him a little bit. He's getting target share that you would expect for being one of those elite tight ends. He is. Oh. Uh, God, I lost the stupid thing I had up here. I got some Uh, stats for you. So Kyle Pitts is at 14.3 target shares per game. That's right in line with um, Waller and Kelsey are kind of way out in front at 24 and 23. Then we got Mark Andrews at 19. But all the other elite guys are kind of right there in that same group. Um, So you'd expect Pitts to be in that same area for fantasy points per game. um, But the offense is so bad it's not translating to fantasy points. Yeah, I've, I'm optimistic about Pitts. So he's number two in routes run, number seven in targets, and number two in area yard share among tight ends. He's even playing in the slot a third of the time, Trevin, which is really what we were hoping for coming into the season. Yeah, he's I number, think he... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I'm sure you're going to say it. He's number eight in receiving yards, 
And number eight in weighted opportunity, thanks in part to three red zone targets. So he's getting used in the red zone too, so that's great. If he had one touchdown, he'd be 11th among tight ends. And if he had two, he'd vault all the way up to number six. So bottom line, I think there's a lot to like with Pitts. He's doing everything we hoped he would do so far, except for score touchdowns. And I think, you know, with a tight end to be doing that that early in the rookie season bodes well for the rest of the year. Uh, he's getting the type of workload we all hope for. He's doing fine with it. Just needs to keep it up and have some touchdown luck work in his favor. So I'm being patient with Pitts at this point. I think there's a lot to like. Yeah, and when I say panic, I don't mean I'm trying to trade these guys. I just mean yeah. this isn't what I was expecting, and it's going to hurt my fantasy teams where I have these guys at. And that's what I meant by panic. So yeah. And to be clear, I, just, I put this together, and I was thinking patience or panic for this season. And dynasty, obviously, it's a little different. But if you're talking yeah. about this season, what you doing? Yep. Um, he did have a pass interference in the end zone, which uh, I need that maybe put that in my crazy corner too. I think pass interference should count towards a some type of points for a receiver in uh, fantasy. So I don't know where you're at with that, but I don't know if it's in the end zone, maybe three points. If it's a regular pass interference, maybe one or two points. What do you think about that? I think that's been a previous question of the week on the show, and I, I'm fully on board. I think it should count the same as receiving yards in that if you get interfered with, it's a spot of the penalty foul, and so your team is getting those yards as if you had caught the ball, so why wouldn't you get those same amount of points in fantasy? Because you helped your team, and presumably the penalty assumes that you would have been open and made the catch at that point. Why are we not assuming that same thing for fantasy? It doesn't make sense to me. It seems like it'd be an easy thing to, to translate because it's in the game log, just the yardage and everything and the player who was interfered with. So, yeah, I'm all on board for that. Great. So let's go back and retroactively give Pitts those points on that league where I have him with you. <laughs> so he'll be – maybe I want a couple more weeks there. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. I'm sure you would be undefeated in all your it leagues is. if we have that change. <laughs> It is such a bummer when you have a receiver that's just streaking and he knows he's going to catch a bomb and he gets pass interference with on the game you're watching and they yeah. get the offense gets all the benefit of it, but you just don't see any of the fantasy points. Yeah, that's the thing that always sticks with me is like the team actually gets the benefits as if you had made the catch. Why aren't we rewarding that in fantasy? Yep. All right. I guess that wasn't something to argue about, but I'm panicking on all these guys. <laughs> all right. You mentioned so maybe Travis. I'm more of a panicker. Yeah. So I, I'm worried about ridley but i am patient with the other two that's the bottom line you're panicking on all three oh uh, yeah put me down for panic on all three <laughs> Pan- <laughs> we need to get you a panic room over there update the log <laughs> all right let's move on to your crazy corner after we went to your panic room trevin <laughs> what do you got the crazy corner all right and trevin's crazy corner this week i propose in redraft leagues that you should just be drafting team running backs um it's been such a bummer this year most a lot of the top end running backs have had injuries early in the season uh this week cook didn't play and then mccaffrey got hurt during the week so these elite guys um are just going down and all my redraft leagues are just turning into who got lucky and happens to have the backup of the guy that got hurt none of these guys are really you wouldn't like target them as injury prone um so it's not like who thought of the best thing to get the backup the earliest it's just luck and like the ravens where it's like the four string guy now and the niners is the top two guys got hurt and so it just seems like it's coming down to so much of luck and then if you get that top end guy you can't do anything like dynasty to make some moves and still be competitive if you used a running back first round pick on a running back that just gets injured right away your season's just done so you just don't have any fun in that redraft league so 
I think it would be more enjoyable at this point. And I think it's going to keep going this way too, where teams just use more committees and don't pay these elite guys. So they're just two or three guys are always out there and coaches are just going by game plans of the week for which running back to play more. So I think it'd just be more fun. Maybe not now, maybe five years from now when the league goes this way even more to just be team running back stats. I know they do it in best ball for like kickers. You just do the team. So I, I propose that. What do you think? I would not like that as the standard, but I would play in a league that was set up that way just to for fun. But I wouldn't want every league to be like that. And I think if I were to propose an alternate solution to what you're to solve your issue with players getting injured without having to just draft a running back room, it would just be to make your leagues deeper. And then you have these guys, these but then it's just are not available on the waiver wire they're already on a team that drafted them so but my only thing is it comes down to so much luck then it's just who happens to have the guy that the team is three or four down and then you're doing great it's not like you thought of that or receiver it just seems so much more of there are some different stats you can find to try to place who's going to have the breakout year next year and then they don't have near the injuries that running backs have and then running backs is just so much to do with the coach's game plan for the season and for each individual week that it just, there seems to be to me too much luck going into running backs and a redraft and a dynasty. I know you can't do a team thing, but I think that'd be more fun for redraft. Cause then you can still, you're still competitive. Even if you're losing your guy, you thought was your top pick. Yeah. I think luck's just part of it. And especially in redraft, no matter what happens is, such a big part of the game and i think also even if you did the team drafting thing if the starting running back is like saquon barkley last year goes down like yeah you're gonna have the backup then but the production overall is still gonna go down so your team's still gonna be a lot worse than it would have been with him for the whole season so you're not losing all of that production and somebody isn't getting lucky with the other backup but the overall production is still a lot lower than it would have been. So there's still that luck element there. But at least then it's not benefiting another team that happened to get that handcuff or that handcuff's handcuff. And all of a sudden they're having another starting running back. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Like I said, I'd play in a league with it just to see what it was like, see if it was fun, but I don't think I'd want every league like that. Hmm. I'll ask you again in about five years and I think your mind will be changed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right can't wait there's no way you're remembering that in five years mark it down put it on the calendar you, you couldn't even remember that we already had the question about pass interference on this show i don't think i have to worry too much about you remembering to ask me about running back rooms in five years non-useful information leaves my mind immediately <laughs> so this would fall into that category i can't I have no more space for anything new information levi if i get new information i gotta kick something else out you're going to be kicking a lot out here in about three months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think so? Yeah, the baby stuff might fall into the useful information category. So a lot of dumb stuff's going to be have to vacate. I think. Did I tell you I told Liz the difference between a heifer and a cow? <laughs> no, she was wasn't impressed. too excited about that. No, Do you she about uh, hefferette too. She said that she. Uh, was feeling like a heifer the other day. And I said, well, that's all right. You only have two more months of feeling like a heifer. She's like, yeah. And I was like, cause then you'll be a cow. And she was really upset about that. <laughs> I wonder she can be a heiferette instead. 
Okay, I'll let her know. I should probably bring it back up again. She was pretty happy about it when I brought it up before. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Do you want to explain to the listeners the difference? (laughs) A heifer is a female cow that hasn't had a calf yet, and then a cow would be after they have their first calf. Yeah, or isn't a heifer at technically you could use that for if they've only had one calf and a cow would be multiple. I mean, I think not probably not a lot of people use heifer at, but no, I think I got the point across. I don't think I'm going to clarify anymore. (laughs) I just (laughs) meant for the listeners, not for you. (laughs) You want me to go grab her? I'll bring it up again. (laughs) Yeah. Put me on FaceTime while you tell her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That should be good. Real good. All right, uh, let's do our pick to click. So as oh, can always, I bring up one more thing before just talking oh about this God. week, this coming you're week, the best in the world at interrupting. <laughs> well, I didn't know you're going to move on yet. Uh, we didn't really do. Oh, we did we need to keep talking more about heifers and cows? I think we're past that. Uh, but for the week preview, the only thing I wanted to say was the Tom Brady going and uh, playing in New England this weekend. How bad do you think he's going to beat New England by? As many as you can. <laughs> the spread's currently seven points, I think, uh, Vegas. Uh, but I think he's really going to lay one on them. And the uh, Patriots offense, you're looking real shaky. Yep. Mac Jones as a Mac Jones believer yourself, as a Mac Jones believer, what do you, what, how are you thinking? How are you feeling? <laughs> it's fine. Like, I think we've seen it with all five of these quarterbacks so far. All five rookies have struggled to some degree, and I didn't expect him to, you know, not have a bad game this whole season. It was only his third game. So one touchdown, three interceptions, 59% completion. Not great, but that New Orleans defense is pretty legit. So I think uh, there's no shame in, in that. We saw what they did to Aaron Rodgers, for God's sake, during week one. So hard to hold Mac Jones to a higher standard than that. And I think your boy Danny Dimes might be in a little trouble this week. You might consider benching him in your fantasy league, Trevin. No, who can't bench Danny Dimes at this point? You got to ride the hot hand. He's got <laughs> white pants this week. It's going to be amazing. What's your prediction for that Bucks Patriots game? Oh, yeah. I think he's going to go back home and really put one on him. I think he's going to win by 21. That would be something. Uh, one thing I'm learning as a newly dynasty player just played for a couple years i don't think you can really rely on first year quarterbacks to uh compete if that's going to be a starter that you're penciling in seems like justin herbert might have been an outlier so far for my dynasty career yeah i i think that he's the exception to the rule probably and uh Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, you need a, if you need a rookie quarterback to be one of your two starters in a super flex, you might as well be playing for the draft pick the next year because it's tough. They're going to the NFL is tough, it turns out. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Who would have guessed? Yeah. <laughs> so that the over-under for that Patriots game, according to ESPN, which uses Caesars, I think, is 49 and the spread 7. So they're, you know, implied score there is 28 to 21 what's your projection then you said you think the patriots win by 21 you think of like yeah 42 to 30, 31? 35 to 14 gotcha all right that'll be a fun one to watch uh sunday night 
And then Monday night, we got your Raiders, Chargers. Oh, boy. The <laughs> AFC West leading Raiders. Penciling in another overtime game there? God, I hope not. My brother's a big Chargers <laughs> fan. Growing up, my dad would always have to separate us. One of us would be watching the game upstairs, and one would be watching the game downstairs because we would really get into each other and really make each other cry. And so... <laughs> <laughs> he had to separate us. <laughs> so I uh, won't be with him this weekend, but maybe we'll FaceTime and really uh, make each other cry again. <laughs> God, boy. I, that'll be a fun one. <laughs> yep. Hopefully it's not overtime. You probably won't even watch if it is, so. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll have to watch the highlights later. What a joke. All right. How about rugs, huh? Can we talk about rugs a little more? No, we can't. Not until you talk about my about Brian Edwards. He's good too. I like that. Yeah. Why don't you ever talk about him? Because you always use it as a wedge. Like I'm like Brian Edwards is better than rugs, so I have to defend my boy rugs to you. Just because I'm talking about rugs doesn't mean I'm disrespecting Even on Twitter, Edwards. You I looked it up. You tweeted like five times about rugs and you've tweeted <laughs> once about Brian Edwards. Rugs has always twenty seven more yards on the year. And Brian Edwards had more yards in their last game. And yet, who do you tweet about? Rugs. Uh, I have to defend Rugs. There's a lot of Rugs haters. There's not a lot of Brian Edwards haters. So, <laughs> oh my God. And I don't know if you looked at replies when you searched the. Uh, I've been talking about Edwards on some replies. So, I love them both. I was really worried about the wide receiver room going into the year, and it turns out they're both professional wide receivers. All right. We've had enough man, he can just Let's get into our pick. His jumping, his leaping ability, amazing. Oh, my God. He's just, these weren't plays he was making last year. It was the only thing he was making is wide open slants. That's We're going to have limits on how much Raider stock <laughs> we have on this podcast. There's no and way we hit it yet. You've exceeded it for the first half of the year, I think. So, <laughs> All pick right, the click, Trevin. On. But so it has been against good play. cornerbacks. Xavier oh Howard God. for the Shut Dolphins. He couldn't stop. Shut up. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to mute you on here. <laughs> Go on. All right. Pick someone from the main slate who will score 15 more more points. It costs 5,000 or less. Travin, you one point if it's uh, 4,100 to 5,000. Two points if it's 3,100 to 4,000. And three points if it's 3,000 or less. Last week, Brent picked Elijah Moore, who ended up with 5.2 points. You picked Kyle Pitts, who had 5.5. And, and I picked Marvin Jones, who had 12.2, following just short. So nobody scored last week. Brent still has a 2-0 to zero lead over us on the year. This week, Brent went with Brandon Ayuk, who fall, has descended so low to $5,000 in DraftKings. Uh, Trevin, who are you going with? I'm, I've really been struggling with this pick-to-click competition. I haven't even been close. I've had some healthy scratches even on some of these guys <laughs> I've picked. So I'm bushing myself tonight. I tried to not put as much thought into this. I'm just going with Cordell Patterson. We said a lot of bad things about the Falcons, but he's actually at 4,900 on DraftKings. He is averaging over 15 points a game already. He's at 16.27. He's won over 15 twice so far this year. So let's just roll the dice with Cordell Patterson because I can't get this thing figured out. I am going with Corey Davis, who is $5,000. I don't know if you said this, Cordell's 4900 So we're each going for one point here. Uh, Corey Davis has a revenge game at home against the Titans this week. Davis has done all right this year. He had 
26.7 points, a big week one game against the Carolina Panthers. Week two against the Patriots, he struggled only 2.8 points, and then nine points against Denver last week. So Titans secondary is not very good, as we've discussed ad nauseum on this podcast. Uh, Corey Davis will be motivated, and I think that the team will do what they can to try to get him the ball so that he can play well against the whole team. So I'm rolling with Corey Davis this week. You haven't uh, – have you seen the TikTok of that little kid making fun of Corey Davis? No, I'm not no, on TikTok. He, he probably was going around on Twitter. I'm not on TikTok either. But uh, you probably wouldn't be picking him if you saw that, so you must not have seen that. <laughs> Would you care to elaborate on the content of the stick dot? <laughs> it's just like a young Jets fan, probably sixth or seventh grade, uh, kind of highlighted a play of the Jets where Zach Wilson made a terrible throw, and then Corey Davis couldn't even jump off the ground to catch it, and he was just kind of roasting everybody. It's pretty you'll hilarious. To, you'll have to send that to me, or maybe tweet it out on the Fantasy Players Club account. Mm, maybe I'll just tweet out my voice description of it. Yeah, that'll get the hits. <laughs> I think that's enough. <laughs> you're really tanking the show Get, what's your stupid question of the week <laughs> no this is what the show's about people can get just stats anywhere Levi alright here's my question it's kind of a two part question which current quarterback in the NFL has an 0-4 AFC playoff record Andy Dalton wow nice that was quick all right. It's kind of tricky because he doesn't play in the AFC anymore, but you're good at this. All right. Which quarterback has an 0-3 NFC playoff record? 0-3 FC playoff record. Um, Let's see here. Who would that be? Ryan Fitzpatrick? Nope. Um... Who's made the playoffs three times and not one? Um, hmm. Do you want to type a hint or anything? Yeah, you want to give me the division? It's He's not currently on the team that he had the three playoff losses with. That's not the division. Carson. <laughs> I didn't want Carson to give you the division. <laughs> nope. Carson wins now. Uh, if I give you division, you're going to get it right away. He just switched teams last. This is his first year with his new team. Yeah. Hmm. He's in the NFC oh, West. Uh, what? Uh, Stafford You're, must be. Yeah, Stafford. Man, I thought you'd get that one a lot easier than the guy that's actually switched uh, conferences. So well, kudos on the, the first one and uh, not so good on the second one. The Bengals are notorious for never winning a playoff game during that stretch, despite always making it. But I didn't realize the Lions had made the playoffs three times with Stafford. That was probably the biggest reason I didn't think of him. Well, good try. <laughs> Thanks. Can't win them all. <laughs> that was actually a good trivia question, so you're slowly redeeming yourself if you don't say anything more stupid on the show. Uh, <laughs> no promises. <laughs> what do you got for a beer check this week? Uh, I'm back to this one. I haven't finished the raspberry vodka lemonade that you were making fun of me last time for. Deservedly cute, so. Cute pink drink in my Raiders cup. It's still not very good. Uh, 4.3. That's too bad. I got a seltzer this week, a quirk. 
seltzer from Boulevard Brewing Company. This one's strawberry, lemon, and basil. So that sounds like an interesting combination. Basil seems kind of out of left field. What are you doing? Smoking a turkey? Mm, that's pretty good. Wouldn't drink a lot of them. I'll go 6-3. Solid for a seltzer? Not a seltzer yeah. guy. Yeah. I'm just a raspberry pink lemonade vodka guy. Well, I think you could make a pretty smooth transition to seltzers from there. <laughs> you think that's an easy path from there to there? Yeah. Not All a right. big leap. <laughs> if you say so, I'll trust you. All right. On that note, thanks for being part of the Fantasy Players Club, everybody. Tune in next week to see how Trevin will try to ruin the show again with more Raiders talk. Uh, we'll have that episode for you that'll live stream on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Until then, on behalf of Trevin the Baby Maker, the Heifer, Cromosta, uh, this is Levi the Cow, Valentine, wishing you good luck in week four. See ya. Cigarettes on cigarettes, my mama think I stink I got burn holes in my hoodies, all my homies think it's neck I miss my cocoa butter kisses I miss my cocoa butter kisses Okie dokie, alkie, keep it low-key like Thor Lil' Bro, or he'll go blow the loudie. Saudi of sour Saudi, Wiley up off peyote, wildin' like that coyote. If I sip any any, my belly just might be outie. Pull up inside a huggy, start skiing, hutch a duggy. I just opened up the pack and an hour, I'll ask my lucky. Tonight she just yelling, fuck me. Two weeks she'll be yelling, fuck me. Used to like orange cassette tapes with Timmy, Tommy, and Chucky. And Chucky, Jesus, pieces, Jesus, pieces, sing Jesus, love me. Provising inside my eyes so my grandma would fucking hug me. Oh, generation above me, I know you still remember me. My afro look just like that is. Y'all taught me how to go hunting. Blam! Cigarettes on cigarettes, my mama think I stink. I got burn holes in my hoodies. All my homies think it's dang. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. Cigarettes on cigarettes, my mama think I stand it. I got burn holes in my hoodies, all my homies think it's neck. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. I will smoke a little something, but I don't inhale. Everywhere that I go, everywhere they be asked, how's it going? Say the go ends well. Go figure, Victor's light skin. Jesus got me feeling like Colin Pell. All praise to the guy, God knows he's a pro. He's a pro like Colin Tell. Check, check, make, check me, take me to the beverage like you know me well. I mean, normally you see Norma Jean with a ticket with Farmer Phil. But these kids these days, they get so high, burn trees, smoke chlorophyll. Till they can't feel shit, shit, face, face, this 15 hits on this L. Elevated train and the craziest thing got me feeling like Lauren Hill. Miseducated, my dick delegated, rap bill battered me to said I should have never made it, probably should have been dead or in jail, Debbie dad, enough of that jazz, asshole absent up in that class, are we there yet, yeah, ice cubes in a bone, red brain dead, take a tuck in the past, I think we all addicted, yeah, I think we all addicted, really though, I think we all addicted, yeah, I think we all addicted, Cigarettes on cigarettes, my mama think I stink. I got burn holes in my memories. My homies think it stink. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. 
I think we all addicted. Cigarettes on cigarettes, my mama think I Hit a paddle with a paddle, pit a juicy. Used to be in a Jalapia and a Goofy. Trying hard not to be addicted to a groupie. I ended up on an apple cover in a Gucci. You see, I be still a god, but a goofy. Doobie, flowing up by drugs and a Uzi. That's the dual principle. Sometimes I'ma be about some hope. Sometimes I'ma wanna make a movie. And when it come to rapping fast, I'm the Higgs boson. Yeah. And throw my style freakish, I can still break your body down to five pieces like I did Voltron. Yeah. Cause I'm addicted to the craft and I be off of OG. Know me, I'm the only one can only the other go see. Never scared of mean spirits, methamphetamine lyrics. Cooling like I'm off a of codeine, low key. Don't be so too, even though I'm reminiscing, if I don't know what a miss is, I'ma end up figuring out that it's home and my mother and my grandmother cover what a kiss is. This is just a testament to the ones that raised me, the ones that I praise and I'm thanking. I need them with the chronicle up in my clothes and I wanna get a hug and I can't cause I'm stanking. Never too old for a spanking. Cigarettes on cigarettes, my mama think I stank. I got burn holes in my memories, my homies think it stank. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. I think we all addicted. Cigarettes on cigarettes, my mama think I stink. I got burrows in my hoodies, all my homies think it stink. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. Cigarettes on cigarettes, my mama think I stink. I got burrows in my hoodies, all my homies think it stink. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. I miss my cocoa butter kisses. All right, Trevin. Any suggestions Funny. for the after show that you want to share with the people? Uh, I don't really have much. Food. What do you think? What do you think on the Husker prediction this week? We actually going to win a game? No. <laughs> you don't think so? We're like 10 point favorites. <laughs> They'll find a way to lose. That's what they do. That's where I'm at. We everybody's like, oh, look at if all these close games went the other way, we'd be winning the last eight games or whatever. Yeah, it's great. If we win more <laughs> games, we'd quit losing so, losing so many games. But unfortunately, that's not what we are. Yeah, I'd, I wish they were better, but they're not. I mean, <laughs> it's actually up to eleven point five point spread. Home against Northwestern for those who may not know. I haven't watched Northwestern this year, but they always play Nebraska close. Nebraska seems to find a way to lose every week. Whenever they're in crunch time and something goes wrong, they just fold. So, yeah, I'll go to Northwestern. Northwestern has on for the win or for the spread? I'll take them for the win. Holy crap. Uh, Northwestern <laughs> lost to Michigan State that week, zero game, and then they beat Indiana State. Uh, shout out to Larry Bird, and then they lost to Duke, and then they beat Ohio, the fighting Frank Solages. I just I can't pick Nebraska until they actually do it. I don't yep. have any faith. The only consistent thing with Nebraska is they find ways to lose. Yep, that's where I'm at. <laughs> you know. Win in campus to camp this week. Yeah, my team's kind of a wagon now. <laughs> you had one good week. <laughs> yeah, but holy crap! Now that my 
the good the upside I'm seeing here is with that Fresno State quarterback and receiver into conference play now, where they've gotten away from playing those Pac-12 teams. They might just keep putting on a show the rest of the year. I don't think they're going to be a combined 70 points each week, but I think I can trust them to have some pretty good points. So I'm yeah. going to be a little more competitive now, I think. I was very not competitive the first three weeks. All right. What do you think about I'm your stupid team? To. I don't know. It just seems to vary a lot by the week. We'll see if Stroud plays this week. That's He's supposed to potentially be back. They're saying he looks healthy in practice, and Day's still saying he's the starter if he's healthy. So we'll see. You uh, you caught up on Succession yet? No, I'm not. This is a Ugh. good, positive review. But no, the new season comes out in like a month, so you got a month to be caught up. Right. You haven't watched all of season two yet, have you? No, I haven't. Yep, you better it's do on that. The list. Been watching Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. Wow. That what, HBO. what movie fin- you on? Finished the first two. So I went into it at all? No. He's just into Spidey and Friends on Disney Plus. That's about where we're at on that. It's better than like Blippi. Spider-Man? So. Yeah, except it's huh. like a kid Spider-Man. Well, that sounds pretty good. Sounds a lot better than Blippi. Yeah, way better than Blippi. If you know, you know. <laughs> the Harlem Shake Blippi. Yep. Uh, I am watching uh, Why the Last Man on Hulu. It's okay. If you're bored, it's worth a watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's a strong endorsement. Yeah, like if you could rewatch an old show you've seen a million times or watch this new one, you can watch this new one. There you go. Go check it out. Why the Last Man. All right. Have a good week, everybody. See ya.